What's he going to? A real big fish concert. Yay! Everybody, Colin dyed his hair. He's got frosted tips. He's got frosted tips. Who do you fucking think you are? I think I'm Sugar Ray. He's like an actor now. He's he's in this yeah. video. He looks like Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke does look like Mickey yeah. Rourke. If Kevin was listening to this now, he'd be like, you know your fella Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Colin. This is our second time recording this again because the fucking laptop went kaput. I've got a conspiracy. Yeah, Sarah thinks we're doing this on purpose. He's already doing it on purpose because it only happens to me. <laughs> and uh, I know that Emma has the fucking <sighs> masters in journalism no. or whatever. <laughs> we're not but doing like, it on purpose. I just think it's really unfair to make me sit here and tell a story and not record it. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear the story for the second time. Jeez. Lads, we were like, honest to God, we need to get our shits together. No, we do. We're not using Colin's laptop anymore. No, we're just going to use Sarah's uh, MacBook. Yeah. And if anybody, on. if we make any money, we'll buy Colin a new laptop we will we're going to do a GoFundMe for a laptop Go fund. but we got to make him put, take, make a really sad face when we take the picture it, it, that's his natural face my laptop Colin people's GoFundMe's just are like, put a picture of him up uh, people are like my family are dying please when give he us had money this, did you take a picture of him when he had salmonella no I didn't actually right. I'm not going to tell that story because he'll kill me <laughs> It actually gets so mad Or when, when he had a smoke inhalation Yeah See but I Colin gets mad at me When I tell these stories But I'm the person That gets a phone call When he does something stupid Back in the day Not anymore Well I probably won't If he was doing no, stupid shit No you'd still now, get the phone, get phone call. call But I'm not telling the salmonella story Someday when I'm If I have a few drinks I'll tell the salmonella If any of you know Colin Ask him about the salmonella story, story See what he says It's my favourite story I tell like, What the fuck did Emma say Because I got a phone call I tell people <laughs> About the salmonella story About Colin <laughs> That's how you describe Colin. Yeah, how they're like, him. I'm like, I love Colin. He is just, honestly, I, Colin genuinely is a light to be around. I think if you re- if you don't know Colin, you're missing out. He's you know, you're really And if you should follow his music, it's Maximilian yes. Foy on Instagram. I I've linked him on Instagram, our Instagram anyway, and you can follow him. And uh, he's got some stuff coming up that we're gonna give him a little shout out on the. Uh, on the Instagram page and on here as well. I like the way we're giving him a shout out, but we he's are. got a bigger but audience. He's, and us. he's actually creating the thing to put into our podcast as yeah. well. But uh, yeah, he's doing some really good stuff in the next while. So yeah, no, he's awesome. We'll give a little shout out to him when we do. Um, did I tell you the one thing that I really hate? Go on. I don't think I've ever told you this. Even though I don't like talk shows. I, I hate talk shows. Like what talk shows? Like, what do you mean? I can't watch Graham Norton. I can't watch oh, okay. Jimmy Kimmel. Right, okay, I can't okay. watch Conan. I love Conan, but I can't watch the talk show part. I only watch his like videos. I don't does. watch Conan's talk show. I can't do it. And the reason I can't do it is because, you know, when they're like talking to the person and they're like, so I heard you were on holiday in Italy. And the person's like, yeah, funny story. I can't deal with the fakeness, fakeness. of them being like, Our, your people have already told me what to ask you. I, I can't. Yeah. It's so fake. It's so fucking. The only person I like in a talk show is Paul Rudd. I like Phoebe Waller Bridge on a talk show. Yeah, I think she goes a little bit off script. She just she just says. Well, she told that like, story on Graham Norton, which is one of the best stories oh I've ever gosh. heard. Um, but again, he knew she was going to tell yeah, that story. It's just this fake kind of like. So what did you get up to? I, I yeah, can't. but she told a story where she showed her arsehole. Oh my god, um, Phoebe to an entire audience. Um, Phoebe W. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. If you haven't watched Fleabag, go watch Fleabag. It's amazing. It's incredible. Like typical stereotypical feminists, we love Fleabag. We do love Fleabag. I didn't know what Fleabag was until Emma showed it to yeah, me. I, did, I, I did, don't uh, think... I'm a bad feminist. You're not a bad feminist. You don't have to read every book and know every TV show to be a good feminist. That's not what it is. And that's elitism and feminism. And that exists and it's really annoying. Because it is that kind of classist thing with a lot of white feminists who are like, well, I've read this and I've read this. and I've, It's like this looking down on people. Yeah. 
that's not what it is. So I don't ever anything. feel bad. Don't ever feel bad. I read nothing. If you believe that readings women... for filth. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs are cool. Readings for fools. Burn all the books. I'm gonna make tote bags that say. Drugs are cool. Drugs are cool. Readings for fools. Oh, I love it. Mm, I that's love gonna it. Be, I'm thinking of our merch, even though no one will. I will. You know what? I will. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. So we'll make. If you two. get t-shirts to size like size that fit me, it's the worst yeah. thing about merch. Yeah. Is that like? But when we went to Bikini Kill, you were able to get t-shirts. Bikini Kill had awesome, but it's Bikini Kill, of yeah, course. So they were gonna have bigger sizes. Um, um, but like loads of, especially tattoo shops. There's tons of tattoo artists that I follow that make merch that I'd like to buy, but. Like their t-shirt sizes yeah. are not really, and I suppose in some cases it's not their fault because they're buying their t-shirts off uh, like big cartel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's only they whatever they to. stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's really. I do. Oh, I had that fight as well. Actually, I didn't talk about that. I had that fight with that uh, clothes shop in town. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us being all tell the people why name the clothes shop. No, you won't let me. No, go on. Anyway, tell it's on the corner of Georgia Street. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I won't say, but you give you give the coordinates to the yeah, fucking place. I will like. give coordinates. If you <laughs> if you walk out the back of Georgia Street, okay. Yeah, if you walk out the back, no, of no, no, Street. no. <laughs> Tell your story because this is very important because it's very relevant to the fast fashion. Oh uh, yeah, so this current trend. Yeah. Um. So essentially, this shop on Georgia Street sells uh ladies' clothes overpriced. I might add. Um. But. They put up this like holier than Dow post on their social media that was like fast. If you are shopping in Boohoo, you're a part of the problem. And all of these retailers now pulling out of stock in Boohoo, like ASOS, Amazon, mm-hmm. um, are all just like essentially jumping before the news comes out. And essentially, what the news is about was all of those slaves in Leicester, horrific, that are in the textile factories, it's fucking horrific. Um, and yeah, so she. Or whoever owns the store put up this post being like, if you're supporting fast fashion, then you're supporting these people. And two, and and she is correct. She is correct, yes. Right? However, However. I can't, I am a size 20. Yeah. In some shops, I'm a size 18. And in other shops, I'm a size 22, 24. It just depends on the shop. Yeah. I can't shop in her shop. No, you can't. And I can't shop in a vintage shop. You can't shop in a lot of shops at 10. No. Which is... Deeply frustrating yeah. and very wrong. Right? So, and I know there's people that are listening to this that are like, well, you shouldn't have got to that size or whatever. And No, and I'm not excusing that, but there are people in terms of like my size and my weight, I have never been thin. I don't desire to be thin. Yep. I don't look at myself and think there's anything wrong with me. Yes. Yes, I have days where I look in the mirror and think- That's normal. Yeah. But that, but everyone has that. Exactly. But the I don't world has that. look at my body and think that it, that I've somehow done a disservice to myself. Good. I look at my body and I'm uh, thankful yeah. for my body and I'm thankful for how I look. I like yeah. how I look. Good. Um, I Fucking think, A, dude. Listen, if I saw me, I'd ride me. Um, She's a little ride my light, she is. But- this whole current narrative now that all of these like overpriced shops yeah. are jumping on reselling A-wear clothes yeah. and Fila tracksuits. Yeah. Stop shopping in fast fashion. Buy my Fila tracksuit. That yeah. was made by a slave yeah. in 1982. Yes. And as well, I think a lot of these shops and I, listen, I for one, fast fashion is incredibly dangerous. It's massively problematic. Yeah. There are so many issues with it. Like I've stopped now, I don't buy boohoo, I don't I've stopped all that. But that's just a personal choice. And the thing is, I'm okay to do that because I can afford to go not yeah. not rich, but I can afford to buy clothes elsewhere. Yeah. There are people who cannot A. No. Nope. As you said, size ranges 
You can't. They don't exist. Vintage stores and vintage sellers need to stand up and take massive amounts of responsibility for the rhetoric they're spewing. You cannot use feminism as a means to sell your clothes by demonising women who cannot afford, maybe cannot afford to buy other clothes or cannot fit into it. No. And they're doing this thing where they're like, you're a bad feminist if you fa- if you use fast yeah. fashion. I'm not going into your store, Margaret, where you have bought a bag that you pay 20 euro for and you're selling it for 200 quid. Yeah. Or you buy and your size range goes up to a 10. Yeah. If you if you've an issue with fast fashion, I completely agree. But what you need to do is you need to make changes within your shop to stop guilting women who have enough fucking problems, enough shit going on in yeah. their lives. Stop guilting women. Change your stuff. Make it better for women, more women to shop. But see, the problem is, Sarah, they don't care about fat women. No, 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 they, they don't. don't care about fat and women, and they don't care about poor women. They don't care about fat women. They don't care about poor women. They want skinny rich people in their stores yeah. to sell their shit, and that is a massive problem. Yeah, at the and like this shop in particular, the one that I so essentially she put up this whole year in Dow post, and then I just like everybody was like, "Yay, amazing!" And this is such a great mm. story and a good narrative, and you're using a hundred percent economically, yeah, ethically yeah, sourced choice. cotton and sources. And to be fair, before I went went in on the kale I went through all of the ranges of clothes yeah. that she shopped and checked if they were ethically yeah. sound because some sh- play- people say they are and of they course, aren't they aren't yeah yeah and she was yeah but that shop is a shop where I would say if I was going to a wedding and I could fit in those sizes I would spend that money yeah because it's expensive of course a lot of people don't have the, no. oper- the like that amount of money to spend on of clothes not. yeah 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 um so anyway, when I went after her on, fa- on Facebook, um, then people just came for her and then I felt bad. Because I was polite and said, like, listen, I understand and I think it's great that you're you doing this. You made a valid point. But however, I can't shop in your store. Exactly. You do not, you stock up to a 16 and so I don't have an option and I can't shop in loads of stores. And it's it's just this thing as well, like, where you're going to turn around and tell a mother of four who has a part-time job and a single mother of four that she's not allowed to go to pennies to buy clothes for her children, that she has to go find ethically sourced clothes. Yeah. See, this is the problem and it's not step... They're blaming women and they're blaming consumers. It's not consumers of the problem, it's capitalism. Yeah. And we're not... Unfortunately, you're, there's no way in hell everyone is going to stop buying fast fashion. Yeah. It's not going to happen because people don't make enough money in this climate to allow themselves to go into a store and pay a hundred euro for one dress yeah. or then go to pennies and get five of them. Yeah. That'll do them for throughout the summer. Yeah. So yeah, there needs to be massive and also, changes made. All of the shops that make this stance in Dublin are all on the south side. Yes, they fucking and are. And they're not on the north yes, side. Yes, they are. They're all on the south side with their little pretty little yeah. storefronts. And, and if they displays. considered moving to the north side and attempting to put some money yeah. back in that side of That's things, it. they would have cheaper rents. Yes. Yeah. And they could won't. price their clothes. Because they know who they want shopping in their stores. Yeah. Like I was, there's a blog, I don't follow her, but I saw one of her posts that she made and she is always trying to get like, which is good. She has friends who are designers that make clothes in the UK. She's always like, oh, you know, you should buy from this person. You should buy from this person. So I went on, she mentioned two specific designers. So I went on both of their Instagram pages. There was some stuff that I liked and I clicked on one and it was a two piece, really pretty two piece. And it was like 175 pounds for the two piece. And I was like, do you know something? I will buy that. It was 175 pounds for the skirt and £95 for the top. Jesus. And this girl is on Instagram being like, you guys should shop from here. Do you know who your followers are? Are you yeah. that removed from the real world? You maybe have five followers that can afford that. Yeah. The rest of them can't. So it's just, people need to take a step back and look at the situation and stop just jumping at women and being like, women are the problem. We're not the fucking problem. Capital- Shitty capitalism, capitalism is the problem, is. dude. And we're not yeah. going to, uh, anyway, I don't, I hate that you can't walk into a shop and be like, I want this. Do you and know it's, what? It's, but it's always been, like, I mean, there was a point in my life where I was a size 12 in, 
what we call accessories. Is that the name of that shop? Monsoon. Monsoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a size 12 for about a week. <laughs> and, um, but I was really sick. I was sick. I didn't know I was sick. Um, and I lost a lot of weight. Um, I was really stressed. I yeah. was going through a hard time in college. I was working part time. And I, but when I was size 12, I thought I was fat. That's the thing. Like, it's um, amazing when you look back at And I was like, oh my God, I'm so like fat. Yeah. Um, but I was also like, I'm, as I said, I was unwell. But I also was a teen. Like I was Fish. just coming and out of my teen years. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just like, you hate your body. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause, and it's, people think it's like this thing that you, is inherent. It's not, you learn how to hate your body. You're tall. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I've had eating disorders since I was like, 12 I remember being 10 and 11 and being aware of the size of my body and how there was something wrong with me I remember at 11 11 was the age where I remember having a conversation with my mother about my weight that I didn't start and so I remember that being the moment and I and how the conversation started was that she was going to like aerobics and that I should come Oh my god! And it was like an aerobics class for adults. There was no kids there, and so I knew that. And did you feel that pang? Yeah, I felt that pang of like you think I'm fat, and you think there's something wrong with me. And up until that point, I'd never been aware that there was. I had never made a comment or looked at myself in hyper aware of the size of your body, and ever been hyper like aware. And like to be honest. I wasn't No you I weren't I was just chubby You were chubby Like yeah. I look at pictures of myself When I was like 12 And I remember being 12 And being like I am the most Grotesque Overweight Beast That has ever existed Like I remember in my brain I always had this thing in my brain Where I thought I took up too much space I was like You take yeah. up too much space You're too big You're taking up too much space And then I found a picture A while ago when I was 12 Sarah I was fucking tiny Yeah I'm like where And then I'm like People did call me fat When I was that age so I was yeah. like Where was this coming from Yeah but yeah, like I remember that pang thing. I remember one of my first ever pang things is when I went, I was starting secondary school and I went to buy trousers in a, in a shop in, ta- in Longford Town. I'll never forget it. And uh, and my mum didn't mean it the way she said it, but it's still something that I ve- really vividly remember. We walked up to the counter and she said to the girl, um, we're looking for a pair of trousers for her. She's very big around the middle. And I immediately went, oh! Like, because I thought that about myself anyway. Yeah. And and now that's like someone saying it out loud and validating it. And I remember she drove drove me home and she's like, what's wrong? Why are you so quiet? Why are you so quiet? And I couldn't tell her because I knew it burst into tears if I told her. But she didn't, she meant it in the way where she was like, I want to get a pair of trousers that fits or she's a bit bigger in the middle. She's a bit conscious about it. But I didn't hear that. Yeah. My daughter is a fat bitch. Yeah. Just throwing trousers up my head. It is like something that, like I told you that story about Lily. Yeah. So I have have a five-year-old. And we don't talk about nope. bodies in my house. Nope, you're so good about that stuff. Um, we don't make comments on people's bodies. No. Nope. Uh, we don't comment on people's shape or sizes. I, She has said to me and Graham, like she would touch my belly and be like, you have a big belly. And I'd be like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And yeah, that's fine. You just ex- you're normal. Yeah, like I don't, I would never say to her, you can't say that. Or, or like, don't touch my belly. Or that like, kind of thing, not yeah. that, just... You can't say it. If I do have a big belly, you're my kid. It's yeah. fine. You're not calling me a name. You're just you're describing. You're just you're de- it's just a descriptive yeah, 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 fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a friend of ours uh, took her a little while ago, and they went to like a, a their house, and there was a paddling hill. But Lily didn't have her swimsuit. Okay. And they gave her a swimsuit that was a two piece. Okay. Oh, and she got really god. upset. Oh my god! But she wouldn't tell them what was wrong. 
And so the next day, me and her were talking and I was like, oh, did you have fun? Blah, blah, blah. And she said, yeah. And uh, Lauren is the girl's name. She's like, Lauren's nanny is so nice. She gave me a compliment. And I was like, oh. And she was like, I was a bit sad. And she said a really nice thing about me. And I said, what did she say? And I didn't know. I needed to have yeah. it. Um, I said, what did she say? And she said, oh, you look lovely in your swimsuit. Um, And I was like, okay. Well, and she was like, yeah, but my belly was sticking out. And I didn't like the way my belly sticked out. Oh she's a baby and I was like you're fine and I was like I in that moment I was her? like I just was like what do you mean your belly like everybody's belly sticks out it yeah. doesn't matter there's and nothing wrong with your belly I was like there's nothing wrong with your belly and I was and because her friend Alicia has that same two piece and Alicia had been over to our house like last summer in this two piece yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, she was like Alicia has that and Alicia doesn't look like me and I was oh, like fuck it's so young yeah and she's five like like five years old yeah. and that's the way our brains are already but people like people do and they don't like women don't think about it like I've gone shopping with Lily and my little girl is shaped like me yeah plain and simple yeah Um, and I've gone shopping for Lily's uniform very recently and because of COVID we can't try anything on of course and the woman that was like giving and Lily was with me yeah because I needed her to yeah she was like so descriptive about Lily's body that I had to get Graham to take her out of the shop because I didn't want to start because she was like oh she's she's a she just to have a little bit of space there now around her around her belly is what she said and I know that she didn't like she wasn't being mean she in fact she was trying really hard to be polite and nice and and to not call her chubby or big she was trying everything in her but she just didn't know she just didn't have a way to do it without making a five-year-old be aware of her body be aware that her body needs to be catered for it's just um it's crazy because i and so i just said to graham without drawing any attention to it, i just said to graham do you want to go and get get lily something in the shop and two of them went off to the shop and i just at that point just said if i get home and these don't fit they're gonna have to come back and the woman was like yeah okay and she was like i don't know about covid and i was like well i was like so i just bought two sizes of everything um, and did one of, it was okay so yeah everything everything fit like but it pe- five years old yeah she's five it does exist people don't I, and I think as well like it's it's the media they're watching it's the media they're consuming but it's, it's on everything it's on everything everything and like if you look like I know uh, bigger people are starting to be seen in shows and yeah that's great they're not in kids shows no they're not like there is like in any like, of those shows that Lenny watches on Disney like the Descendants and all of those shows that are like those oh, musical shows. Things. One, they're all 18 and 22 and they're all tiny and yeah. they've all had cosmetic surgery. Like Jeez. no one, there's one show that she used to watch that had a small little Latino girl in it that was chubby. But she wasn't the star of the show. No, of course not. And what she was was the funny one. And if fat people are the star of the show, it's always like, hey, <coughs> me. they're glorifying obesity. Yeah. Or like I was reading a, this girl had drawn this comic last week and she lives in the UK and it was like about going to the doctor while being overweight and how differently the doctor treated her and she went to the doctor for she went to a gynecology exam she was getting a smear test and the doctor the girl the OBGYN doing her smear test said to her um, are you happy at this size? Do you not think your partner would find you more attractive if you lost a little bit what? of weight? During a smear test a smear test and then when she was leaving giving her, gave her a leaflet on how to lose weight and the the terms and the language they use, the war on obesity, the war on obesity, 
people in Ireland are taking heroin. Yeah. People in Ireland are drinking too much alcohol. But, but it's not the war on that. It's, oh, but it's the war on obesity. Fuck. Like, imagine your gynecologist saying to you, do you think Well, I had, like, I, I couldn't get pregnant. I couldn't get yeah, pregnant yeah, yeah. by myself. And when I went to the doctor, one, it was a male doctor, so it's the first bad decision I made. But his response to me being unable to get pregnant was all around my weight. Yeah, it's always. And it had nothing to do with my weight in it's the end. always what they go he, to. He, like, just went straight in for my weight. Like, my periods have always been irregular. I have, they're not irregular. I have a very long cycle. Right. And so my periods come every month at the same time, but it's long. Yeah. So yeah, most yeah. people have like a 30 or 28 day yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah. My period's like a 35 or 37 yeah. day cycle. Um, and that they just, uh, every time I brought it up with a doctor, every time I went about anything to do that was to do with like my period or my uh, ovulation or anything, it was always, well, that's because of your weight. And if you lost weight, you wouldn't have this problem. And then when I attempted to get pregnant, it was like, oh, actually, it's because you're weight for like a year and a half after we'd been trying for a year. Yeah. So we're two and a half years in. And then it was like, all of a sudden, oh, you've PCOS. And has no one ever told you you've PCOS? And I was like, no. Jesus and I Christ. have like, I have all the symptoms of That's PCS. It. But it's because so, you're doing one a male doctor. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the, eventually I changed to a female doctor and she and went she down. And No, she went down the path of me being overweight too. Are you fucking serious? And, um, but she went down the path of me being overweight. But then when I started to do like food diaries and stuff like that, she was like, I can't understand why you're overweight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then it was like, you have like, I have PCOS that's uh, like essentially my PCOS and impacts my insulin levels yeah. so I don't absorb insulin the same way so I retain weight yeah. I have skin tags yeah. I have facial hair yeah. I lose hair on my head yeah. I'm overweight my periods are irregular and my periods are incredibly pain they're not irregular they're just long yeah. they're incredibly painful and like up until like from the age of 16 on I had gone to a doctor about like my periods and the only thing I was ever given about my period was take the pill that's it. That's their answer um, to like nearly everything. And if everything. you lose weight. And when Ugh. I got pregnant, I tried to get pregnant. I couldn't get pregnant. I ended up having to go down the route of like needing assistance. I still didn't get pregnant. I was so stressed. I was sick again from the medication that I was on and the injection of the hormones. I lost, I would say about two stone. Yeah. Not much. I didn't drop any, like I think I went down one dress size. There wasn't much difference. But I stopped everything and I got pregnant by myself. Yeah. And my doctor's response was it was because I yeah. had lost weight. Oh my God. And it was only two stone. Not only two stone, that's not what I mean, but it wasn't like... I hadn't planned to lose dram, two stone. Drum, you didn't lose yeah. like fucking 12 stone or whatever. I, was never, like. I wasn't trying to lose no, weight. It just kind of... It just happened because I was stressed. Um... Yeah, and she, and the doctor was like, "Oh, it's amazing! It's cause you, it's cause oh, you." Oh fuck off! And I was like, "I don't think it is. I think what actually happened is because I gave myself a break. That's it. Yeah. You just stopped being horrible to yourself. Yeah. And we were like, I'm going to take a step back yeah. and not be like it was really horrible, mean like mean to myself. Yeah. Like I remember. Um, but it's it is horrible. Anyway, we've gone off on a little. No, I'm glad rant. we talked about this because it's in something that I've been thinking about all week. Just the kind of 
weight talk and weight issues because I still have problems with my weight and I still have issues with my body and I don't like my body but I've discovered I know in my brain I'll never like my body at any size I didn't like my body when I was six stone I didn't like my body when I was 16 stone I'm never ever gonna like my body you are never happy yeah never happy with it like I could like I ne- and I never will be and I and it's something that I'm working on with my therapist to be like I have to understand that no amount of weight loss is going to change the way my brain works yeah because I don't see myself the way other people see me I just don't I don't like I could drop 15 stone and I'd still be like well I'm disgusting but I will never look at somebody you did you were like honestly uh, before I became friends with you I would have been a hundred times more judgmental it's one of the things I've learned no don't say that but it's true I wouldn't have been and I wouldn't have like even thought it as judgmental I would have thought it as being funny yeah 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 but it's not funny it's actually what you're doing and yeah, like I honest to God, before I met you and before you like brought it to my attention, because I hung around with people who didn't act that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. didn't consider the impact of what you say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Ireland has a great society for like the bants. Taking the piss. But 99% of the time, the bants are actually just sagging somebody. It's mean. Yeah. <laughs> and um, people being mean to each other. And like what I. it It's like, I think it was for the best. Listen, obviously, I was aware that the things I was saying were mean. So, like, by hanging out with you, it wasn't that, like, I suddenly was like, oh, I didn't know they were mean. <laughs> it was just what I, what hanging around with you did was that I saw the impact that it could have on somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I, I always say this, I'm like, I would never talk about somebody's body because I know what it feels like to have someone talk about my body. Yeah. And that's why I just don't. I'm like, whatever size you are, whoever you are, if you're happy, you're content, you're looking after yourself, you're okay, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I used to do this thing where I would, like, and I'd be open and honest about it, like, I would comment on bigger people's bodies really and I used to think that it was okay for me to do it because I was bigger oh well I get that that, mentality like like my husband for example couldn't say anything about anybody else's body because he's a normal weight I get you or what's considered a normal weight I get you I get Um, so I used to do the same where I would do that but then I used to get really like if anybody else said anything I'd be like don't say that that's really yeah 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 yeah. um (laughs) So yeah, when I, I did, I have to say, I, I would have been, and then when I started hanging out with you and we started to become really good friends. You were like, this fucking bitch. I wasn't, no, I was just like, I never even considered the fact that, like that's, it's not funny. Like they yeah. mightn't find it funny. And like, I would never, I would never like share what people are calling. Oh Jesus, I know you wouldn't. But yeah, 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 no, yeah. I did. I think I'm way more aware of things that people find, think they're saying that are complimentary and they're not. Yeah, complicits. Not even compasults. I don't like, let's say now if I was in a work setting and someone who I didn't really know, who I just was like familiar with, yeah. had lost weight, yeah. I wouldn't comment on that. No. No. I don't comment Never. on anyone's appearance Never. because you don't know what's happening yeah. and you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. And for all you know, that person could have an eating disorder. That's it. And actually what you're going to do is trigger the opposite of what yeah. you're trying to do. Like that's the thing. So I always try and like if I if I want to compliment somebody that I don't really know and I'm not overly familiar with, it's usually not about their appearance. Yeah, that's I'd be the same. Like, or if I I would always say to someone, I really like your skirt. Like, yeah, I I always comment on like like, something. I really like your outfit, or you look really well today. And like the other side of it is, I don't I don't expect everybody to have the same mentality or thinking that I do. I don't because everybody's experiences are different. So I would never not be like, why isn't everybody like that? yeah, I know, but bones. I do think there needs to be someone or, like uh, this whole thing of women. Women do this thing to other women where they comment on what they're eating in the canteen. Drives me in fucking sane. Shut your mouth. Yeah, stop it. Yeah. I can't deal with it. I like, can't. 
or like asking how many calories are in something yeah or and that thing as well don't like do how many calories are in that don't do that or um if you're listening to this podcast and you do that don't do that yeah and i i, t- I don't even think i don't think in all of the cases that i've ever seen bar a couple yeah um i never thought that it was like meant in this like derogatory way no I, um I, but I, mean, I, I think sometimes it is but oh, i do you know, think I most do, people there are will women be like, who how many calories are in that like because yeah. in they're dealing with their own shit yeah and they're trying to figure yeah, out for they're them. They're trying to figure out for them. Um, yeah. That, like, if someone said that to me, I'd just tell them to fuck off. Um, <laughs> and it would just roll off know, my back yeah, like yeah. that. I wouldn't even give a shit. Like, I've had, you know, times in work, and I work with predominantly men. Yeah. Um, some men don't act that way. But I've had times in work where someone would say to me, and I'd be like, none of your fucking business. And then they're usually like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean it that way. But that is the And thing. you're Sometimes like, yeah, I know you didn't mean it that way, age. but like you could be talking to somebody that might be really struggling with something of course um, or this thing where you get married and they're like when's the baby coming oh fuck off with that shit um, or do you are they that ask done to my sister. women that you don't really know that just because they're women in the workplace like do you plan on having kids like what the fuck like what lads just be sound but people it's and it, it's it's bothersome because it doesn't it generally doesn't come from a bad place no and as well this pandemic as well even where I work and they don't mean it because it's obviously a projection of themselves but this constant wake to wake talk during the pandemic yes I'm like shut up people Everybody. are dying people are fucking dying like it's not you putting on five pounds is not important no. it's just not important I understand if your body is changing and then that's a thing that you're trying to work through but maybe just internalise that a little bit and stop like this thing where I don't the reason I'm one of the other reasons I don't talk about people's bodies is for me to be in a room with a bunch of women and to go oh my god I'm so fat and then there's a girl that's bigger than me yeah going well what the fuck do you think because fat is such a horrible word for some people like it's just the worst word in the world for yeah. a woman it is and I my ex-boyfriend used to always say to me I'm a lot more outspoken now than I used to be but when we first started dating he used to say to me the reason you don't speak back to people is because you're terrified they're going to call you fat as an insult and he was right like if somebody said something to me I wouldn't reply because I was so terrified the next thing that they would say would be to call me fat and that went on for years like if someone verbally abused me on the street or someone shouted at me I would not reply because in my brain they were like if you say anything the next thing they're going to call you is fat yeah and he was like that is ridiculous and he knew I didn't even tell him that and he knew yeah so it's like just it's such a bad word for some people it's such a hard word for some people so maybe if you're in a room with a group of women and there are some girls that might be bigger than you just don't say that yeah don't say that just word just don't say that word I remember Bocker Bailey called me fat and I bet Bocker shit out of him <laughs> I love this Bocker Bailey story. I fucking kill. I was like... <laughs> Tell the rest of the story. Did his grandmother come out? <laughs> Bocker Bailey. Uh, I'll tell you where he lives. Um, Give you cord. Lives at Tuckman Road. Um, called me... I don't know what we were doing, but two of us were like at each other. And he called me a fat bitch. Bocker Bailey. Yeah. And the t- up until that point, we'd been beating the shit out of each other in any way. Like, but... Whatever it was about the fat bitch thing, Set he, you off. It, but he called me fat, a uh, fat bitch, really loudly in front of people. I see that's yeah, and I was like, well, that's it now. And when I say I saw red, lost it. Did I lose it? <laughs> I like you know the uh, wooden posts that they tie to trees when they plant new trees. Sarah, <laughs> like, <laughs> did you pull one out? My response. One of them was already out. My response was to pick one of them off. <laughs> And run up the road after him with it. And I, like, I remember vividly saying, like, as I was running up the road, being like, you want to see how far I am? Like, 
Like essentially, I'm going to beat you to death oh with this. Oh my god! And it, so he ran into his, his his grandmother's house where he lived, and uh, I followed him. <laughs> right, so I was like this lump of a stick. Yeah, with this like not a, like a tree trunk in it. And I followed him, and I was like, "You fucking whatever." I was calling them. I was calling them horrible names. And then his his grandmother, who I used to call like I was really respectful to my elders, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just like I used to call all the elderly people on my road, anyone that was like older, like Mrs., I'd call them Mr. by their surname. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like yeah, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Bainey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to call Mrs. Bainey Miss, like Miss. Ba- I used to like ask if she would help with her shop, but like I was so polite. And she came out, and I was like, "You can stay in your fat cunt." <laughs> Like, I fucking lost it. Like, there was no, like, I was like 11 years old. Like, I lost my shit. And it was like the only time that I was ever grounded. Mrs. Bailey came, like, came down to my house. My mum had to, like, my mum had to pull me in off the road. And I remember then, this is, it was so bad. I was so angry about it. So she pulled me in off the road. Mum pulled me up in my room. She was like, you're grounded. You're not going out. And then I remember Robert Bailey was out. Uh, on the road yeah. and he was like standing in front of my house like looking up and I remember standing in the window being like I'm gonna fucking kill you like I'm just gonna kill him I was like as soon as I get out of his house you're dead oh, did you ever see him? yeah I see him all the time he no lives way. around the corner from me he's still there? yeah we're calling, I'm, this, I'm we're like, calling hey. this episode Bucker Bailey I say hey Bobby <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, like after, we never fought after like we weren't even really friends <laughs> Um, we, like we had no problems with each other after. Just like one of my favorite like, stories ever. I was going to end his life. Oh, oh. yeah, and I threw the tree. I did throw the tree and hit somebody else. <gasps> so and that's how that's how the yeah it hit like Gary Malone, who was the same age as my brother at the time. He's a kid. Hit him right in the back. Like <laughs> you just lost it. My fuck, I lost. Like she honestly, snapped. <laughs> she snapped. She had everything. <laughs> She had new pair of feeler runners and an Adidas t-shirt. And then she, she snapped. snapped. Oh my God, Sarah. Yeah, like we were playing sister. football. Yeah, I was going, I was going to kill him. Oh and then I bothered my mom so much when I was hoovering in the house. And I was like, I was so like irritating that the grounding was Which just was over. Like, get the fuck out. The grounding was over and I was thrown back out. And then he ran into his house. He didn't come out for the night because I was like on a I'm mission kill to kill him. him. I was like, you better not come out. Literally was like outside his window, like finger across the throat. I'm going to slit your throat, Robert. Like, <laughs> oh my God. And okay. then the next day it was done. I'm calling this episode. We've gone on a ramble for how long? How long has this ramble been? I don't know. Okay, I can't yeah. Um, But no, I'm glad we have this conversation. And we do say this is a feminist podcast as well as anything else. So it's always good to have like a chat about it. Do you know what I mean? I'm calling this episode Bucker Bailey. And we've been on, we've only been talking for 35 minutes. Oh my god, Graham is going to snap. He's fuck gone. him. What the fuck was This podcast right? isn't for Graham. We'll name again. Graham, I'm sorry. I can't keep control of her. <laughs> she does whatever she wants. Um. So anyway. <laughs> After our rambling for 35 minutes. Do you want me to talk about my story this Let's week? Let's talk about Murder. Before this week's story, here is a brief message from one of our sponsors. COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on the Irish independent music scene. Thousands of artists and technicians now find themselves having to survive without their main source of income. In reaction to this, Demars Entertainment and White Noise Audiovisual bring you Transmission, Ireland's first online music festival. Featuring 18 stellar Irish acts, it takes place on August 1st and will be broadcast live over YouTube and Facebook Live. 
Access to this event is donation-based and all donations go directly to the artists and crew. Please check out our website at www.transmission.ie and donate as little as €5 to enjoy this very special event. Transmission Festival, Ireland's first online music festival. So this week I'm going to talk about Malcolm MacArthur. Do you know this story? I do know this story. Because I just told you. told me it already. (laughs) Okay. You know what? I want to hear it again. It's a great story. It's a good one. It's got everything you want from a story. Although I have to say, last week's story. What was last week's story? You told the story of that guy that went on the run. Oh, and he totally uh, faked his own suicide. I was telling people up north about it. I was like, he was on the lamb. <laughs> and I said, guess where he went? And they were like, where? And I was like, Spain. <laughs> the worst place. It got like tons of like people were like on Twitter. I got people being like, it's been the best, best Aww, episode. Oh, that's so uh, nice. Aoife, Aoife said. Uh, Aoife Ryan, we love yeah, you. <laughs> friend of the pod. Aoife said it was the best episode so far. Aww, and then I was Aoife like, Ryan. we can't be friends anymore. No, we're done, Aoife, that's because it. I didn't tell that story. <laughs> And I'm an egomaniac. And you like Emma's story. Who's em- like Emma's your friend because you're my friend. Um, I did. Oh I internalized God. all of that. I didn't say any of that to her. Swallowed it down. Swallowed yeah, it down. I was like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Dead to me. <laughs> Tell me about Malcolm MacArthur and okay. his fancy bow tie. Malcolm MacArthur is born on April 17th in 1945. He hails from a wealthy family of Scottish extraction who settled at Bremount and a 180 acre estate near Trim in County Mead. I'm going to look for a picture of this one. Yeah, cool. Actually, I wonder if they still own it, if it's still in their family. Is it B-R-E-E-M-O-U-N-T? B-R-E-E-M-O-U-N-T, yeah. Bremount. House. Yeah. Is it still there? Yeah, it's fucking huge. I'll put it up on the Insta. Can you go stay in it? It's that there's Paul Larkin lives there now. Who's Paul Larkin? It's the home of Paul Larkin, his Swedish wife Petra and their three daughters, Emilia and Natalia. The eight generations of the Larkin and the horse horse business. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Horse people. Horsey people. Here's what I will say about horse people. And if I, oh, oh, it's not that it's pretty. It's not that pretty, but it's mahoosie. Um. Anyway, horse people, they're all riding each other. <laughs> Plain and simple. They're all in- That is an absolute <laughs> statement to make. They fucking are. They're all inbred. He's inbred. There he is. Look at that hair. Um, anyway, Malcolm's educated by the Christian Brothers. He later studied in a number of colleges in the US. That tells me that he bounced around for a while. Yeah. Uh, he finally graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in 1967. And he doesn't return to Ireland until 1974 after his father died and he's due to inherit a good sum of money. So his father dies in 1974. He comes back to Ireland and he inherits 70,000 punts. Punts. Give me Irish. a pound. <laughs> Irish punts. Um, and I said uh, that that's about £590,000 sterling. It's fucking crazy. Which is about 1.7 billion euro. One trillion euro. Yeah, <laughs> because the current exchange rate. Might as well be. Yeah. But when Brexit finally happens, it'll be worth fucking none. Uh, the pound will be worth 2p. Worth um, shite all. He's a well-known figure on the Dublin social scene. He's regarded as an intellectual and an eccentric. He's a lot of... uh, Oh, a lot of the papers talk about his kind of social life. And he's known... uh, Listen, I don't know. He's known essentially to frequent gay clubs. The gay clubs weren't around then. This is known to frequent bars where gay people were welcome. Um, But there's no say to say that he is gay or he isn't gay. And he's never come out and talked about sexuality. But you know... 
the Irish press just say he's a murderer. They like to so therefore he must be gay. Like that nonsense that happened in town with those fucking Irish nationalist people. Did you see that nonsense in town? No. What happened? The uh, nationalist front or whatever they're called went. Oh, is this about the guy that the the Green Party Thatcher guy? He was like friends with. Wait, he's not friends with him. He took a picture. picture with him. Uno Picturero. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that uh, guy. Who is this guy, by the way? This um, this big guy that's talking about this all the time. Like the... Oh, He's an actor. He was in Love, He. Oh, and next. He's an, he's an activist for travellers. He is a traveller. Oh, he's a traveller? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, And he's that. And like before all of this, I used to think he, you know, was actually So has he put two and two together, together on the He put two and two together he... and, put four, and then put a video up on Facebook that spread through all of the 50 two 70 year olds that are on in Facebook who didn't don't, question any of it well they don't because they don't know how social media works and then they just shared it and then there was like a march in town uh, to like this poor guy that like essentially the current sitting of the doll essentially are all paedophiles um, and then it went into like nationalistic art like it was a, they, they're fucking racist is what they are what they're the raving lunatics oh yeah the nationalist front's fucking crazy yeah. bunch of people um and then there was trouble at it as well. Oh, was I there? seen people. I was on Twitter with people on our Twitter, right? Um, talking to a couple of people that were there to essentially uh, march, it down, march like, against yeah. him. And this, I saw the video footage. This guy in a tracksuit comes over and just like starts to like punch the head off. But there was no guards there. There, I counted four guards. So this is basically uh, the minister for children is gay, and they don't like that. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. what it's equating is that this man's gay, and therefore he must be a pedophile. He took one picture with that Peter Thatcher guy, and yeah. so therefore he agrees with all. And the he pieces. took one picture with that Peter Thatcher guy before Peter Thatcher was known. And also, we'll say Peter Thatcher can fuck off because he's a creep, but yeah. like that guy obviously had nothing to do. With nothing him. to do with it. And they made up a lie that they were bringing Peter Thatcher over here, and yeah. they're not at all. That's no. not happening. That's not a thing that was ever happening. No. Anyway, anyway, I've gone off in a ramble about how the media treats gay people. And it's fucking horrific. It's gracefully. Um, and 55 year olds, just get off Facebook. <laughs> You're fucking up the algorithms, man. Or just go to Snopes. Put Snopes on your side. I have shared Snopes with so many members of my just family. Just go on Snopes, please. To be like, look at Snopes before you put this shit up. Yeah. And then they just look at me as if I'm the problem. Sarah's, no. Sarah's the problem. Yeah, they're like, Sarah's <laughs> the problem. Sarah is just, uh, she's so opinionated. When she comes for family dinner, it's just a real problem. <laughs> um... <laughs> Love you, mom. Um, Malcolm had a fairly unloving upbringing. His father would beat him, and his mother Aww. is quoted as saying, "She brought him up with the mentality of children should be seen and not heard." She carried on with her hobbies <clears throat> and her so- social life as if she never had children. She had a full-time minder and educator, essentially rear Malcolm. Yikes! But he wasn't there for long. He gets old enough to go to like a Christian Brothers boarding school, and he's yikes gone. again, and then. Kind of doesn't come back until his dad dies. His dad's known to like have beaten him. Oh fuck! Uh, so he didn't have the he best a shitty upbringing. childhood. But he was rich, but he still had a kind of a shitty childhood. Yeah. yeah. In May mm-hmm. 1982, um, Malcolm took his partner Brenda Little and their seven-year-old son. Colum is the son's name. Colum. Okay. On a holiday to the Canaries, and after six weeks, Malcolm just leaves. <laughs> like see ya. Yeah, he's like listen. I'm ill. I don't even think he said, listen, I'm ill. I think he just fucked just off fucked in the middle off. of the night. Essentially, uh, his inheritance money ran out and he left for Ireland alone, given little impression that he would return. Fuck me. 
Um, so Brenna and Colm are having the time of their lives in the Canaries in 1982. It's about 25p for a pint. Yep. Um, but he has no money left. Spent so I, every penny. Yeah, it's like he has no money left. So Malcolm had run out of money and he f- needed to figure out a way to get money. So his plan was to rob a bank. Mm-hmm. As opposed to getting a job. He apparently made this decision to rob the bank because, I don't know, there must have been a really famous bank robbery around this time because he said it was all over the media and he was like, they got away with it. Did the, oh. did the Northern Irish bank robbery yes, happen then? that's what that was. It was the one up in the north. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so he planned to rob a bank um, and to rob a bank he needed a car. So on July 22nd, uh, Malcolm heads up to... He goes to a small hardware store. He buys a lump hammer and he buys a shovel. He has two hold-all bags. He's fully dressed for the winter. He's wearing a hat. He stands out because it's a stifling hot day in Dublin. He's got a bow tie on. He has a bow tie on. He goes to bed with a bow tie on. He never doesn't have a bow tie on, Emma. He's bow tied. Bow ties all, all the time. All the time. Um... So he walks up from Park 8th Street all the way up to what we would say is the um, American Embassy in the Phoenix Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes across a young woman. Okay. But essentially he comes across a car that the door's open. Okay. And as he walks around, he finds a young woman on the other side sunbathing. So he comes across Bridie Gargan. She's a nurse. She's sunbathing when Malcolm attempts to steal her car. Malcolm takes out an imitation gun and he tells her to get into the car She's topless when she's sunbathing. And so she asks if she can put on her blouse. He lets her and he tells her to get into the backseat. He then says he's going to tie her up. But she starts to panic. They begin fighting. He takes the lump hammer out of the bag and hits her on the head. His intention is that he'll hit her on the head and he knocks her out. But actually what happens is he hits her on the head and she starts to bleed profusely. And blood goes everywhere. He doesn't, but yeah, so there's blood all over her in the back of the car. She's screaming. So he just continuously hits her again and again until she stops. He then panics. He gets out of the car with the intention of running. But a passerby has noticed a fight and the screaming and the blood. So he gets back into the car and speeds off. As Malcolm flees, like, fleds the scene in Bridie's car, which has an, which has a sticker on it that says she is works in St. James's yeah. Hospital. An ambulance is notice an ambulance notices the car, notices the sticker, notices the blood, notices that he's covered in blood, and decides to give him like a blue light Presumes he's a doctor or something. Essentially assumes he's a doctor, assumes he works in a hospital, and assumes he's bringing someone to the hospital and gives him a blue light escort to St. James's Hospital. Side note, if you were in the Phoenix Park, say you're going through the Phoenix Park, right? Yeah. And you're walking and having a nice time going to get ice cream at that nice ice cream van place and you walk past a car with a woman bleeding profusely from her head and a man with a hammer in it. There's nobody else around. What do you do? Oh, Jesus. That's a tough question. No, because I'm just thinking about this now. I'm like, I probably would just start screaming, I think. Because I think that that would pro- might shock someone into being like, oh, fuck, I gotta go. I just don't know what I, what, what would you do? Like, I... I think given think from this, right, you don't have a mobile phone it's 1980 whatever yeah given from my Bocker Bailey story I'd probably go in hard <laughs> <laughs> this is for Bocker Bailey 
<laughs> my fight or flight instinct would probably kick in, and my instinct is to fight. Yeah, me. you're a go- you're a go to yeah, situation. I'm a, like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I my like lizard brain yeah. is like you're the biggest in the park, so just go and yeah, get yeah, yeah, sort yeah. it out. Um, which is the wrong thing to do. But the right thing to do is to turn and try and get help. Is yeah. to try and like alert somebody. It's That's not to go into yeah. the situation. But at the same time, there's a woman bleeding in the back That's of the car. And if you see a man with a fucking hammer, like I just was when you were reading this, I was thinking to myself, what the fuck? Would and I fair do? play because a man did see, and his he he tries to grab Malcolm. Oh, does he? Yeah, and he has like, he's the one person that gives a really good description of Malcolm. Ah, okay, um, okay So okay. he tries, and that's why Malcolm ends up back in the car. Oh, so he just gets back into the car and yeah. drives off. And the thought is that if Malcolm didn't end up in the back of the car, she might have lived. Because he then drove her to James's hospital, but he didn't drive her to the hospital. The ambulance got to the hospital and fucked off wherever the and ambulance was going to left the car there and, and got he out. he drove up an alleyway and dumped the car and got out. And so then they four, didn't find her for ages? Uh, well, she isn't, she isn't found for uh, a while. And then she dies four days later in hospital. Fuck me. From whatever... He did to her. Yeah, from the injuries. Sorry, I didn't go on. Sorry for No, no, no. I think it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, the right yeah. answer is, if anybody listens to this, is to, to do try something. and get help. Yeah. And nowadays we have phones and that's, that's why... The there's the ease the ease of that. But then back then it's like, there's no... There's no phones. And there's the nothing. Phoenix Park is fucking huge yeah. as well. Do you but know it's right mean? beside the embassy. That's it. So you would, yeah. I it's think so, I probably would just scream for help. I think and I just, do you remember when the embassy... Like, the embassy's now in Bald's Bridge. Yeah. It's just a diplomatic residence. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Um, the guard, the, there used to be, uh, like there is in the embassy in Balls Bridge, there's a uh, stationed outside it. Oh, yeah. There's a guard stationed outside Fuck, of it. Fuck, there is. Yeah, yeah, So, like, my thing would be like, well, get there. Because she, he's not far from there. That's true. The thing, the, when I looked at the images, she's, like, to the, if you're standing staring at the gate, she's to the right of it, but she's brought her car in with her. Because she's, like, oh, sunbathing topless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, three days later... Uh, Malcolm goes to Eden Derry in County Offaly to meet a farmer called Donald Dunn. Uh, Donald has advertised a shotgun for sale in the classified adverts. Uh, Donald's brother said the last time he saw his brother, he offered to go with him when he was selling the gun, but Donald didn't want his brother knowing how much he was getting <laughs> for the gun. So Malcolm gave the... Bel- so he goes by himself. Malcolm gave the below <laughs> statement about what happened. Malcolm asked Donald if he could inspect the gun to shoot it. Donald, ha- Donald puts two cartridges in the shotgun and hands the gun to Malcolm. He told him he wanted what he paid for the gun, which was £1,100. Malcolm, knowing d- that he didn't have the money, tried to delay the si- situation and begins inspecting the gun in detail. He shoots off one cartridge. Donald becomes really wary of the situation and Malcolm turns the weapon on the farmer and just shoots him straight in the head. Oh, fuck. Uh, that poor man. Donald falls to the ground and is dead instantly, according to Malcolm. And Malcolm says to him, sorry, old chap. These eccentric people. He gets in Donald's car and he drives back to, du- to Dublin. He does attempt, from the pictures that I've seen, he attempts to, like, cover the body. Okay. <clears throat> he kind of attempts to put him in like shrubbery oh um, I think he meant like put something over him he just tries to push no he just tries to like cover it up like that no one's gonna there. find him okay I wonder where they went to Meeple it sounds like they went to a field or something yeah but like uh, Malcolm's in like Malcolm came up in the bus 
Oh, fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just was wondering, there's no information on it. Maybe like, he just got off at like the bus stop and was, the farmer was like, well, there's a yeah. field close to that bus stop. It's weird because it, like, it feels really alien because like, I don't know what it was like to live in a time where you get off the bus and just, actually I do. No, but even Gary that. used to ghost me at Tampa Bar all the time. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you get off the bus in like 2000 and be like, right, I'll meet you in Tampa Bar at one o'clock and then they wouldn't show up and you'd have no way of fucking ringing them. Oh, no. Cunts. Um, <laughs> so now the guard are dealing with two murders they're pretty sure the murders are linked and they start to get calls from people in Dublin about an individual that matches the description a news agent in, Dub- in Dunleary calls in and reports an odd individual a gun- couple of gun enthusiasts in Dublin and Mead report an odd gentleman hanging around that matched the description of Malcolm but Malcolm has now come up with another scheme to get money. Get rich quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Malcolm, job. Malcolm's like on now on the 4th of August, uh, knocks on the door of Harry Beeling, a former American diplomat who lives in Kalini, Dublin. He's hitting all the like top class areas. Rich spots, yeah. He told Harry he had met him eight years previous at a party and Harry invited him in. Harry, you fucking idiot. Malcolm says the following about the robbery in court. He said, I thought he would have money. I pretended that I wanted to take some photographs from his window, but instead I produced a gun. I pointed at at him and I demanded a thousand pounds. But he told me he did not have that kind of money. In my attempt to obtain the money, he made good his escape by running out the front door. I don't know whether I would have shot him or not. Jesus Christ. So like throughout the court, it's not court, I think it's when he's in, because later on I'll go through court. But throughout this, Malcolm gives like these rainy, like he bought a shovel before he went to the Phoenix Park because he said that he didn't intend to kill somebody, but he said that he knew he might have to. And then he buried the body. And then he buried the Like he walked through the Phoenix Park with a like guard, like a large shovel in his hand. Wrapped in a plastic bag. So he was prepared to kill Clearly, people. this was premeditated. Yeah. But he's almost acting like, oh, ho, ho, I didn't know what I was going to do. Motherfucker, you're going to kill them. Yeah. And even like his, the, I think there's essentially, what's the name of that podcast that you like? Men's Right. Men's Right, yeah. This is trying to discover if Men's Right was there. Ah. Because they're trying to, they're asking him, did he have the intent? Did he intend to do this? And like, was he aware that it was wrong? And was he? I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like he's almost like explaining why he did it for it to make sense he's like no but this is why I did it yeah like there's a full in all court cases in Ireland you can get the transcripts right I read the transcript of the court of the case I'd say it's absolutely bizarre it's really short but it's like really like it's literally like speaking to Graham <laughs> there's Christ. like there's no emotion or love in it like Sarah <laughs> Graham is my husband um <laughs> Graham I'm sorry um just, you know, like real descriptive. No, like he's just like, I went there and I shot him and, and I, did I did this. this and and I, I don't know if I would have shot him or not, but my feeling is I probably that he did. admitted to that. Yeah. Or I bought a shovel because I thought that I would have to kill somebody. Like he didn't have to say that. No. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure his fucking lawyer was standing there going, shut your mouth, Malcolm. Also, I love that eccentric people can go to someone's house that they met once at a party eight years eight previously. Years ago. Can I come in and take pictures from you your know, window? Do you know what that is? That's not eccentric people. That's people with money. Cause yeah. Because like, they think they're not going to get, they think nothing's going to happen to them. I tell you what, you knock on someone's door in Bally Farm no. and say, I met you at a party eight years ago. I say, what do I owe you? And I <laughs> close the door. 
Get the fuck. But like that he was like, I want to take pictures from your window. And Harry was like, come yeah. ahead, Malcolm. My, my, what? what? You want to take pictures of what? The, the horse outside. Get the fuck. Like immediately he'd be like, that's There's a rob car outside. It's like they can't see weirdos. Yeah. They don't see but that's weirdos. Because, like, really. They all are weirdos. But like, here, the, the funnest people I ever met, right? Are like two ends of the like spectrum. So true. Okay, so the funnest people I ever met are like, incredibly wealthy people old money people old money people they're always like tons of fun ask yeah. like really weird questions like yeah 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 uh, you know do you like bumblebee keeping <laughs> like at a dinner party just out of nowhere yeah if you took Morocco <laughs> and stood it up and let it fall where would it land and those type of people yeah, right yeah, yeah. because they're just like they don't know what they normal are living is in their own world and then on the other end of the spectrum are the people who have nothing how he is yeah, yeah the how he is yeah. they're the most crack as well and Best they usually crack. get on when you go to pubs and these people get to interact with each other they, those two are usually the ones that get yeah, on the most so and then the most irritating people that you've ever met at a dinner party or any party are those people who are trying desperately pretending to be the kind of yeah to keep higher up class with the fucking than they Joneses actually are type. yeah 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 um, those people are the worst. What do you do for a living? Fuck, Fuck off. off. I do nothing. Reasons. Listen, Shut if up. I had money, I wouldn't go to work. Plain and simple. No one enjoys... Fact. Yeah, fact. Like, no one enjoys going to work. If See I that was, fella over there with all the money? I just want to be like him. Yeah, if, if I, I was be, old money, I would just sit around wearing bow ties all day and I wouldn't do fucking yeah. things. And so I think when a fucking lunatic and a dicky bow knocks yeah. on this guy's door, he's like... Come on, I, I probably do know him. And my house is so picturesque. And they're so afraid of Do like... you keep bees? <laughs> <laughs> but they're so afraid of upsetting the status quo. Of, yeah. Of class yeah. As well. They'd be like, oh, uh, honey said that I didn't invite Malcolm in on Thursday. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Tell Malcolm to fuck Tell off. Tell Malcolm to sling his Inba- fuck. Invite him be like, do one. <laughs> Get the fuck. Unless he was selling something stolen. Yeah. What have like, you got? <laughs> <laughs> video. Uh, I mean, a video player. <laughs> Oh, we once bought a stolen bird at the door. Bird? A bird from an Avery that had been stolen. <laughs> like, How long did you have the bird for? Was oh, we okay? had it for years oh, and okay. years. And the only reason my mom bought him is because she was so upset about the situation. The fact that the bird had been but taken. But like, also, I was like, why did this fella feel comfortable knocking on our door with like, a bird? And he bird? openly said, I stole it from the Avery up the road. Jesus fucking Christ. Not like, oh, this is my bird and I don't love it anymore. <laughs> and it was in like an Adidas shoebox. Oh, it wasn't even in a cage. Yeah, and we had no money. And my mum was like, okay, how much do you want for it? And my mum gave him a fiver, if I remember correctly. It was my dad's birthday. We had no money. And we were like, like, here's the bird. <laughs> so my mum put it underneath a wash basket. Like, you know, those like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, like a white wash basket. Put it on the kitchen table, put a towel over it, and then was like, here's the bird of your dreams when my dad came back because my dad worked nights. And so he, like, what the he was like, happy birthday. And then the money that he earned that night, we had to take to go buy birdcage Aww. the next day. Uh, her name was Rosie. We had her for years. Rosie. She was a vicious cunt. Oh, okay. That's going to be a nice story yeah. in the end. <laughs> no, she was like, and loved she her. loved us. And we had her for years. We must have had her for like 13 or 14 years. Well, fuck that guy that stole her, but I'm glad you looked after yeah. her. My mom did try and like figure out who had Navy up the yeah, road yeah, to yeah. the back. But then I don't think she wanted to implicate herself yeah, in she it. she like, I've got a bird. Bird theft. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, we had her for years. Aww. Anyway, that's my bird stealing story. Bally Farm is a great place. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get shot so no money I mean like my dad was well, like been there, been there. And we had to go down to Kevin Doyle's down the road in Bally Farm everyone will know Kevin Doyle's what's Kevin Doyle's Kevin Doyle's a fruit and veg shop down the road in Bally Farm so but he sells pets supplies 
he gave us like a really nice birdcage for like a oh, very reason because my mom told so him the nice. story um is he still around yeah the shop is still down there like cute. we bought like lucille's uh dog stuff down there That's we tried so our best to like give him money give him money um his son is an elvis impersonator uh is that the guy yeah uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway um, I need to get back to this story. <laughs> this has just become like, let's no, no, go on, go on, go on. talk about Sarah's childhood story. <laughs> but they're the best stories. My story, child stories are shit compared to um, yours. Anyway, Malcolm knew the garden. Oh, okay, yeah, so I've skipped a whole bit, sorry. You're okay. Um, Harry runs out of the house. He runs to a local news agent. Okay. Malcolm runs over to Kalini Hill and he then knocks on another house and is like, let me in, I want to use your phone. Please, can I use your phone? And the woman in there is like, get stunk because she has Fuck no off. money. Yeah. She's probably a reasonable human being. She's a reasonable being. human being. Um, she says, my phone's out of order and closes the door really fast on him. Good. He then leaves that uh, house, comes out, sees a car of young people who are going fishing to Docky. Right. And then bums a lift with them. Okay. Uh, Harry rings the guard and reports the incident. The next day... Malcolm rings the Garda <laughs> and says uh, it was all a joke. Oh, this guy. It was a big misunderstanding. Uh, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming to the police Lads station. That's him as a lark. Yeah, I'm not coming You're... to the police station. <laughs> Don't know where I am. I'm not telling you where I am. But just tell Harry that, listen, there's no hard feelings. <laughs> right? Michael, what the fuck is wrong with them? Yeah, right? So Malcolm now knows that the Garda <laughs> have his name. Right. Um, and they know that he knows that the Garda are like all of the images in the paper look like Malcolm. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, so the guards have essentially they have a fair idea that Malcolm has done the murders. He's, that's who's done it, right? Um, but they haven't like publicly announced the name or anything because obviously they've they've nothing t- to go against yet. Yeah. Anyway, Malcolm makes this call from the Attorney General's house, Patrick Conley. So Malcolm tums a lift from Kalini to Dawkey. Okay. He gets out of the car at Dawkey and walks to the Attorney General's flat. Right. Patrick Conley rings the doorbell, says, hello, Pat Mayo Flower. Pat lets him in. Pat lets him in because they know each other from social circus, social circles in the 70s. So in the 70s, they were friends in the Dublin social arts and literature circle. I was just uh, thinking, right? He must smell like shite. Well, he tells Pat, so he tells Patrick Conley that he's just in Dublin for a little while to sort out his financial affairs, that he's been staying with a friend in Trinity College because there's no uh, talk as to where he has been staying. That's what he's I'm been thinking. here for quite some time. Like, what's he doing? He yeah, must so, be showering. Probably oh, he not. must be staying with someone in Trinity. He must be staying he must with someone else. Somebody. Oh, okay. Um, or he must have been with his mum. His mum did live here. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. But she never comes out to say that they were together. They were together. Or okay. Anyway, so. He says, I'm staying with a friend in, in um, Trinity, Trinity College. And uh, Patrick says, oh, I won't hear of it. You're not intruding. I want you to stay with me. Jesus Christ. Stop letting crazy people into your Yeah. So Patrick, um, uh, as I said, they're friends. Um, they decide to have a gay old time. So they're having the bands hanging out with each a other. a great time. This is the acting attorney general sitting in the current doll. Oh, he made a mistake. He made a mad yeah. of mistake. Um... Da, 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 da. I've skipped all this bit. Um, so the All Ireland final just happens to be on this week. <laughs> okay. And Patrick, being a man of influence, has tickets to a private box. 
the Garda at this point know Malcolm is a killer. Okay. Both Bridie and Donal are on. Both Bridie and Donal, um, he they know that he's killed Bridal Bridie and, and Donal. Donal. Yeah. And they're on the hunt for him. But they haven't announced his. But they haven't anna- announced his name. Fucking but it goes to show how little Malcolm gives a fiddler's fuck. He couldn't care less. Because Malcolm decides to go to the All-Ireland Final with Patrick Connolly in his Garda-driven car. In a bow tie. In a bow tie. He also socialises with the current Garda commissioner in the box. This is embarrassing for everybody involved. Yeah, everybody. So Malcolm's just like having a grand old time at the All-Ireland Final. I couldn't tell you who was playing. Sports shy. Um... <laughs> And then on the 13th of August of 1982, the detectives finally arrive at Patrick Connolly's flat. Patrick's not there because he's out doing attorney general work. The AG work. And Malcolm is like, well, you can't come in. So he tells the police he can't come in. The guards don't want to kick in the attorney general's door. So they just wait around until the attorney general comes home. Uh, Patrick's due to go on his holidays the next day. So he's coming home to pack his bags. Right. He arrives to like detectives outside. He tells Malcolm you have to let them in. Right. Malcolm and the the guards and Patrick go into his flat. Okay. Patrick says to Malcolm, I don't know what you've done. I don't know anything about it, but whatever it is, you're on your own. Ooh. Malcolm is arrested for the murder of Donald and Bridie. The guards tell Patrick Conley what he's arrested for. Patrick Connolly then rings the current Taoiseach of the time, which is Mr. Charlie Hawhey. Motherfucker. That motherfucker. He's on his own holidays. Because remember, this is, what did I say it was? Uh, August. So the doll, the doll isn't, isn't sitting. sitting. Yeah, it's yeah. on his holidays. So Hawhey's on his holidays. God only knows where. Uh, and he tells the Taoiseach, he's gone on holidays tomorrow. He doesn't think this will have any real significance. It's a double murder. And he has no... He's not implicated in it in it in any way. So... And I'm I'm essentially going on my holidays. This is the Attorney General. And the Taoiseach says, Sure, have a grand old time in New York. You have the best time now. I'll see you when I go back from my holidays. Mwah, mwah, mucho, mucho amore. Mucho, mucho amore. Uh, have the best time. Get me a fridge magnet. <laughs> In Eiffel Tower Fridge magnet sir uh, I would like A Statue of Liberty No What I would Yeah no I'd like a, An Empire State yes. Fridge magnet But I'd like um, King Kong on it And I'd like uh, Him to be like Oversized And also an I Heart NY t-shirt Yeah if you could um, That would be great Thanks very much Have a great time These See you when you get back These two morons Yep So then This becomes like A massive scandal and almost like the murders didn't happen. It's yeah. almost not important that two people have been murdered, murdered. by this yeah, fucking yeah. It's just, it's all based job. around this It's now. all based around time. So the contempt uh, and the rhetoric towards the current administration was intensely negative. The general public don't trust Hahi for good fucking reason. <laughs> um, at the time, there's an investigation into a request for illegal phone tapping uh, being done yeah. into Fianna Fáil. So Fianna Fáil essentially requested like journalists yeah. and members of the Garda, members of the general public to have their phones tapped and then it came out in the media that they had done this and then the Garda, they then implied that the Garda were just doing it. Right. So then the Garda were like, fuck you Fianna Fáil. <sighs> to do with us, yeah. So 
that's the reason the Attorney General and Taoiseach never got a phone call from the guards. The guards never oh. decided to ring the commissioner and say... So this was like, fuck you, kind yeah, of Yeah, we're going to the Attorney General's house and this double murderer apparently is there. Shit. So, pa- per Patrick... Well, not per Patrick Conley. Patrick Conley did not know he had done no, these things. No, like he didn't. But how he reacted afterwards is very telling yeah, of the type no, like, of person like, that he is. Honest to God. Like he didn't think, you know what, two people have been murdered and the man who did it has been staying in my house and we have been going to football matches. Yeah. Maybe I should stay in the country so I don't implicate myself. Yeah. And he's gone to America. So it becomes like a massive media blitz. But no matter what way you spin it, it is bizarre. It is. A double murderer is arrested at the at, at the Attorney General's house and he then just fucks off on holidays for two weeks. <laughs> He's like, look, lads. Yeah, he's like, listen, I paid for this on tick and I work really hard for it. I'm going. Yeah, and I paid over the no- through the nose for it. The official story given is that Hockey and Connolly were on a bad line oh, and that Connolly God. didn't really uh, sell the significance of it to Hockey. Nonsense. Nonsense. These two fuckheads yeah. thought that they were bigger and above everybody else. It's all hubris. It's all like, and we're, we're like, going to get away with this. We're going to get away with this have a good time Fuck. and Hahi was like I'm having the best time on my holidays one shirt I own costs £400 yeah Irish people are starving I have many portraits of horses <laughs> do you keep bees <laughs> <laughs> I'm a beekeeper that's rich actually honestly bees. I had a rich person ask me that I asked him on a Monday when I came into work he asked me did I have a nice weekend and I said yeah and you know that thing where you go oh what did you do what did you do he was like I uh, went on a beekeeping course I'm gonna keep bees in the back of my house you should bees. do it He's word for word he said you should look into it Sarah it's so good it's no. such a fun uh, it's, what do you mean at the back of my <coughs> I can see my neighbour's sitting room <laughs> from my back door bees come what are you talking wall. about <laughs> rich people yeah. so the scandal rages on in the papers. It runs every detail they find on the case, including that the Attorney General had spoken to the Taoiseach and he was allowed to go on holidays. So by Sunday, he's told to get back on a plane and get back to Ireland. And now, the Attorney General is asked in total three times to come back. The first two times he tells Hawhey to get fucked, that I'm not coming back. And on the third time, he's told, you better get your arse back here. Jesus Christ. Um. The Taoiseach and the current administration also did not come out and tell anybody anything. And so they kept saying, no, that didn't happen or no, nothing or no, we've no comment. And then the media would find out like, well, actually, so essentially how he came out and said that he didn't know anything and he wasn't told anything. And then it came out because the fucking guards are in Patrick's house when he's ringing the yeah, Taoiseach yeah, yeah. Um, to say, listen, this has happened. So then that comes out that he did know. Right. Excuse me. Then it comes out. He said he didn't give Patrick the permission to go on holidays. And then Patrick is like, you did give me permission. I wouldn't have went if you didn't. And then he says that he didn't have the autonomy to stop the attorney general leaving the country. And then the media are like, the journalists are like, yeah, you did. You are the fucking peace shock of the country. So they just do themselves no favours because they drip feed information after it's found out by the papers. Malcolm appears on court appears in court on Sunday morning in Dunleary. So essentially he's been arrested on Friday. Right. He uh, is kind of held until Sunday and then Sunday he goes to be essentially like, you know, do you plead guilty or not guilty? Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't, it's not, do, do you, yeah, it's do you plead guilty or not guilty and what you're charged with and then you're held on remand or whatever well, way yeah, it goes yeah, yeah. Um, He 
like Malcolm's appearance to court is so bizarre and we should put it up on Instagram but essentially he casually walks into court with his hands in his pockets and a coat over his head he doesn't give a fuck yeah he's cool and calm he looks at journalists as if he's no idea why he's there he has this air of being above everyone else I have written that he's dressed like a character from a 1920s play I need to see this on this Sunday night Connolly finally arrives back in Dublin and he immediately heads to Charles Hawhey's house and hands his reg- he tenders his resignation and there's a sense that his career has just been completely it. ruined. It's over. It's done. So, the, But the media like blitz around this just doesn't go away and then what always happens in Irish politics in all politics is that essentially the opposite side so in this case it'd be they're Fianna Fáil. Fianna Gael. So Fianna Gael come out and they're like, oh, he should handle his resignation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes on and on and on. So then on Tuesday the 17th, he holds this like weird press conference to like, essentially, he just like decides I'm going to go out and give this press conference. But as, as media people were like, you need to do something yeah, about of course. this. My opinion is he just should have kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Should have said, I did know in the beginning and then said nothing else about the case. Yeah, yeah. But what he does is he goes out and he gives this like really weird press conference. Um, and he now makes that famous Gubu statement. So he says it's grotesque, unbelievably bizarre and an unprecedented incident. And essentially what he does is insert himself now forever in the story yeah, of this yeah, murder. Yeah. So like whenever you think of Malcolm MacArthur and I think that's the attorney, all of that bit around the attorney general and how he is bizarre and whatever but I think if two of them just had to shut their fucking mouths yeah we would only be talking about Malcolm MacArthur and we'd say yeah he was in the attorney yeah. general's house but and then about the two people that he murdered as well which seemed to have just yeah. fallen by the wayside yeah so during the time while Malcolm is in custody awaiting trial excuse me uh, Malcolm's mother gives a famous Newsweek radio interview and it's so weird so his mum's name is Irene MacArthur she basically says she and she says verbatim she was busy doing her things she was gardening and horses and whatnot and that she brought this girl in to teach Malcolm and to mind Malcolm and that essentially it's her fault the way he's turned out Jesus. she definitely she, keeps bees she I have no, bees I have bees I have God many God. bees many bees uh, she shoots the character of his father down says that he was a liar and he inflated stories she says that Malcolm was always looking for money, that he would never pay it back, that he was a dreamer, a squanderer. It also, also, but she's like, it's weirdly like, it's the, the, she's calling him a dreamer or a wanderer, but she's calling him those things to try get him out of the murder. So to obviously, to, or to try and be like, oh, he's just a bit, yeah, like he doesn't know what he's doing. He didn't have a clue. He was just looking to buy bees. <laughs> that Malcolm really didn't live in the real world so he'd hire ta- so while he was staying in the attorney general's house he hired taxis to collect a paper from a local shop a screwdriver from a like hardware store that he was just an odd individual Sarah, if you were rich you'd do that I absolutely <laughs> here's the true story back in the day you used to ring taxi to get milk from the shop fuck off back before Uber and all that you'd ring taxi in Ballyfermot and be like will you pick me up some milk so you pay for the he milk he used to go the off licence so you pay for the milk and then... Pay for the taxi ride, the milk and whatever else you got. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
Not a bad idea. I don't think they're allowed to do anymore. Um, so you used to get like alcohol delivered. That's bad. Um, <coughs> let's see. The Garda then found Malcolm's notebook. So Malcolm had plans to kill his own mother for the money. Fuck. He planned to tamper with a gas fire and he had a list of all the things that he would need if that didn't work. So essentially he was like, I need rubber gloves, I need a gun. And Write uh, a CV, Malcolm, and yeah. get a fucking job. <laughs> he also had a list of things that he could sell immediately. So if the gas fire thing worked... He had a list of things that he could sell immediately that would run with them. That wouldn't look like he was guilty. So he'd like plan to like sell her car immediately. But he, his mum, like in the Newsweek thing, because the mum goes like the the Newsweek interview happens and she talks about going to visit him in custody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Newsweek thing is like, well, he planned to kill you, and she's like, no, he planned to kill a female relative, not, not I. And it's just some, he's planned to kill someone. He doesn't have any female relatives. He planned to kill you, you fucking stupid cunt. Jesus Christ. Uh, Irene. Irene. I bet they call her Rini. Oh, Rini. is with the horses today. Oh, where's Rini? <laughs> I won't hear it and I won't respond <laughs> to it. Um, How much did B cost, Malcolm? I never Ten ca- pounds. <laughs> I never cared for Malcolm. <laughs> I love all of my children. <laughs> I never cared for Malcolm. I never cared for Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm pleaded guilty to the murder of Bridie, but the state never prosecutes the murder or case of Donald Dunn. Oh, that's horrible. The case never really starts. He went to court. He admits to killing Bridie and Donald. The gun belonging to Donald is found in the Attorney General's flat, but they never prosecute the murder of Donald. Why, dude? Donald's case is stronger of the two. There's evidence linking... Um, Malcolm to the scene Malcolm has his gun Donald's family never get any justice for what happened to their brother and son Donald's family go to the courts right now it suited some people that the case was never prosecuted because then it never went to court so essentially in Ireland what happens is if you go up and just say like I plead plead guilty then that's it but he's only brought before the court for Bridie's murder so essentially the court goes uh, you know the murder of Bridie, uh how do you plead and he says guilty, guilty. and they never brought it forward so they for just Donald didn't bother because in his confession for Bridie, he confessed to both it still it's doesn't make any absolutely sense absolutely bizarre but really what the the they just wanted them out and gone and gone and there is talk that like people essentially there was like higher ups involved oh, for um, and it's like because he would have just pleaded guilty to Donald's case in anyway but yeah. it would have meant another day in court so there are more stories so they in just the paper. want it like done they want him to go and like and even the scene of him coming out like it's really odd I've never seen a like I know we don't really call them perp works here in Ireland but it is it's going to court um it's as if he like he gets out of the like back of a police van as if like he's going to what's a pub. going on he's just having a great day yeah, it's really weird because he's completely removed from the real world yeah like and he's really like in his move he's not like you know the way you see people walking into court and they're all like kind of shriveled up and yeah 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 he's like, not he's just like da 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 yeah and it's like weird like he goes ahead of the guard out of the van this is absolutely bizarre Sarah Jane like and he jumps out like a sprightly figure it's it's so weird in his court bow tie is. He has a bow tie on. Um, yeah, he's got his uh, prison bow tie on. Um, <laughs> Malcolm's sentenced to life in prison. He goes to Mountjoy for like a couple of years, but then he goes to Shelton Abbey. Shelton Abbey is an open prison. Rich people prison. Yeah. Um, 
and he because uh, he's in open prison open prison works that you essentially uh, can leave during the day yeah it's crazy so you sign in and out so like and he had like he's still alive Um, he gets out of prison in September 2012 he served a total of 22 years in prison but he's never been prosecuted or brought to court for Donald's case but he admits that he killed Donald someone needs to bring him to court for Donald's case Donald's um, family come on to fuck and we'll back you up he has like Bridie and Colm stand by him throughout the entire thing that's so, his wife and his yeah child. they go to like prison all the time to she see she wanna him. get a grip on her life they give him money they look money? after I know what I'd fucking give him yeah and uh that's the story of Malcolm MacArthur that it, that's one of those stories that you would think is made up it is but and like it's my, crazy I was saying my dad was my dad's actually the one that told me about the story no way yeah cause my dad was like what are you doing on that fucking thing now does he <laughs> and um I said none of your business your business sir Crick. you only want to have part of my life now because I'm famous on a podcast we, we have 40 listeners we have two listeners <laughs> um, and they're me and Emma when we download the podcast and sit in our rooms laughing at our own jokes I don't I piss myself laughing and then I go nobody else is going to enjoy this yeah no I because I, it's literally like just the two of us not last week's episode last week's episode was like actually my favourite episode so far so Aoife was right um, but the episode before that where we had to record this twice because you just keep not recording me um, <laughs> oh the one about uh, I Joanna. couldn't listen to that one really oh my god I, I was think like, it was the one before that I couldn't listen to remember I, was I texted like, you and I was like I can't listen to this what's wrong with the two of us <laughs> like so many things I was like and now we're documenting it like, for the internet yeah we're so annoying yeah, no, we are. that episode I was like Jesus Christ we're irritating <laughs> And but then I, I was in a better mood and I went back and listened to it and I was like oh, actually what is so funny we're hilarious oh. no but good job with that because that's an insane story and cannot believe any of that happened yeah and he could have solved all his problems by just getting a job if he just got a job just get a job sir what are you doing but that's it's that absolute thing in their brain where they don't think they have to work for money he was like I don't want to have a job I don't need to work for money I'm just going to get a large sum and live my life with this large sum yeah. of money that's all he wants to do but even like he t- like 591,000 euros now listen it would sustain me longer than it sustained yeah, Malcolm yeah he just went in a fucking mad one he, it, within 10 years it was all gone like he didn't buy a house clearly I don't think so it he doesn't say that he did so she just fucked off to the Canaries and lived basically went on a holiday yeah. For six weeks, knowing he knew how much money he had left. Yeah. Bizarre. Um But yeah, he just um like cause if I got five hundred ninety one thousand euro now, I'd still have to work, but I would be fine. Yeah. You'd be like, I don't really have to worry. I have a, my mortgage would be paid. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But you'd still have to go to work. Yeah. But like this just like I don't have to work and I but I need money, so I'm just gonna And here's the other thing. He could have just signed on in the dough. Could have just signed on in the dough. Yeah. Like Get yourself down to Thomas Street, like, man. I'm going to murder people and on then a if scratcher some work. I'm gonna murder my own mother. Yeah. Which came from some that came from some deep shit right there. Yeah. The fact that the next thing he went to was like a There is back. a whole if you go down like the Reddit and all the rest, there is talk that he killed his dad. Really? There is talk that he killed his dad. For the money. So it's, he arrives home before his dad dies. Dies. And then like within a couple of weeks of him being his home, dad's his dad's dead. That's allegedly. Allegedly. I actually want to make tote bags as well. That's just allegedly. allegedly. I want to make a tote bag that says, we keep bees. <laughs> do you keep Oh, do bees? you know what I did at the weekend? <laughs> hey, sugar tits. 
imagine someone did say that to you, Mark? Imagine someone called you sugar tits. This is the same manager that used to uh, describe every female that he interviewed. Ugh. He used to say to me, like, all the, she, they were very attractive. And I, I didn't hire her because she was attractive, but she was very attractive. And they obviously did. That's exactly And I must be her. like, you can't say that. No, you can't. You fucking misogynistic sex shit. I learned recently I shouldn't say that word. Why? Nonce. Apparently it's a really bad word. It means pedophile. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, do you not? I never, I thought nonce meant an idiot. No, I thought it's a great like word. It's fool. a great sounding word. Yeah, I just never knew. And I love I the word numpty. Numpty is a good it was word. right, so. numpty. But my one of my uncles used to say bugger all the time. And when we were growing up, fuck a bugger. Oh, Please we don't say fuck a bugger. Whenever we were growing up, Eddie, Lord of mercy and his soul, as my mother would say, uh, he would always say bugger. And when we were growing up, we were like bugger, bugger, bugger. And then when I got older and I found out what it meant, I was like, oh, can't say that word. But when he say bugger, if you like let something fall, he'd be like bugger this, bugger that, yeah. Oh, be like oh fuck a bugger. Like, but he, he wouldn't would... be like your man over there's a no. He didn't, but it's still the same thing. I know. Saying like that word, but I never knew. And then when I got a bit, I remember I think I was in secondary school when I discovered what it actually meant, and I was like, oh, I can't say that. I shouldn't be saying that word. Yeah, that's a bad word. I would, I would say nonce quite a bit. Yeah, because but I, it does mean I, that someone's a paedophile as far as I know. I set it up until I found out two weeks ago. Am I right in what I yes, think it means? Yes, it means paedophile. On t- literally two weeks Who ago. Who did you call a nonce two weeks ago? I, no, but I would say nonce. Me. A nonce. No, and I would always, <laughs> but I never called girl, women nonces. I always called men nonces. Good. Like, He's a fucking nonce. Like then, Munter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then I was reading something and somebody was like, the word nonce meant, and I was like, oh fuck, I don't know any of that. Like, a g- honest God did not. I just thought it meant moron. Because to me, that's what it sounds like. I it does sound like, it sounds like he's an idiot. idiot. But that's not what it means. Yeah. Don't diddle the kids. Don't diddle the kids. That's what it means. Don't diddle kids. That's probably the message from this. Yeah. Don't diddle kids. Uh, there's Get a, a fair old chance now that Malcolm, might have, he was in the Christian border still. Yeah, some shit happened, Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm didn't have a, like, listen. You it's can, not an excuse for what he did in any respect, but he clearly no. had some weird fucked up shit happen to him. Like, Yeah, I don't think he was like. Do you think he's a bit of a sociopath? Absolutely. Like, it's just he behavior. attempted to, like, uh, hold up a man with a gun and then hitched a ride to the Attorney General's house and then was, like, so cool and calm. And just was like, mm-hmm. I'd be sweating from every orifice oh, in my body. Oh, I'd be just like, I'm I, You this. know, when I'm really stressed and I yeah. do that thing where I text you and it doesn't really make sense yeah, because I, my I, brain isn't. Like, you'll text me and I'll answer the question, yeah. but it's not really, yeah. I haven't answered anything. I know, and you're like that. And you also get um kind of indigestion when you're stressed. Yeah. Um, I was so if I did that and then had had to come here, I'd be like, uh, and you not I'd be like I the attorney general. I don't know what you did, but you're on your own. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to focus. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. Fo- I'd be like unable to focus. Um, yeah, he definitely, he definitely was um, sociopathic, or is so- he's still around? He's still knocking about. Wonder where he is. I'm sure he's fucking he's down. He's, he's with those up. horse people. He is with the horsey people, riding his sister probably. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Listen, Allegedly I'm not wrong. Incest. Those horse people, you know it. I know horse people. We like to keep head. the line pure. <laughs> they do. They do like to keep the line pure. Like you know that X Files episode. Oh, home. Oh, that is my favorite episode of the X Files ever. It's the fucking best episode. That's the only episode in the X Files that I ever seen before I like hung out with so you and Grant. Go watch and Home. It was it's like the fourth season. The one episode that stayed with me, it's where they so pulled good. the mile from under, under the, bed. the bed, and she's like, Aah! I was like, what the fuck? The puppy back. It's like, <laughs> she looks like an Elwood from Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> puppy back. 
That's a great episode. That is a good Go episode. Go watch that episode of, uh, of, of the Home. Um, have you any other things to talk about? Anything uh, else happening? You're going to talk about Twitter. Something on Twitter? No? Was no. I imagine that? Oh, okay, sorry. Fuck I Twitter. I thought, you- <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said earlier we got loads of retweets. Oh, we got retweets. But that's because I went on a... Absolute- I love that we get excited about getting a retweet. <laughs> I love a retweet. And I there actually is this really cute girl called Marissa who follows us Marissa! on um, Twitter. We love you. And she put up a really cute video of her dance. She works in a lab. Marissa she, yeah she actually she's really cute and she like she, I think that might have been someone tweeted <gasps> her at me emailed us as well yeah 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 Marissa yeah. I am so sorry when I replied to you it uh, Merida I called you Merida because it auto-corrected your name and I didn't check it so I'm very sorry but then I replied then. and said hey Marissa sorry Marissa and I then apologize. I screenshot it and sent it to Emmett and said you non stupid bitch <laughs> and I started crying don't get our fans names wrong we have one of them and she we need to hang on to some... apologise to Merida right now. Yeah, I, I, I am. Um, yeah, whenever I read that name I always think of that brave princess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Merida. Merida. Anyway, what, what was her video? Oh, she was just dancing in the lab. It was really cute. She's very oh, cute. Oh, Marissa, we love um, you. She's adorable. very nice. And, uh, um, but I think because last week I threatened that this would be the last episode. <laughs> Because I've got a job now. <laughs> Where people like... Oh, uh, like two, pe- two people. Two people. Three. Yeah. But if we were influencers, I'd be like, people were adding so, so many people. people. <laughs> we're like, please, I love your show. But also- One person <laughs> said, please don't let it be the last one. <laughs> but thank you. Because uh, people are so cute on Instagram as well. And they're always like adding us with stuff and um, uh, sending messages and stuff. And it's really nice. And I really like speaking to them so thank yeah. you very very much for no, that no it is it's it's a good place to be it is. people are so nice and lovely um, and thank you for listening to our nonsense I know but I'm having this is utter nonsense like I don't even know there's part of me that goes I know what this is and then the other side of me is like I don't know could I describe this I always so when it, this, is, this is true but whenever I have to put tags on, on it yeah I get really concerned oh because I'm like I put true crime I put crime I put feminism yeah. then I put comedy <laughs> then I put bad feminism uh, um, and then because yeah, I'm like and then I put comedy podcast yeah. but it's like we're talking about horrible things yeah. but as my mother would say if you don't laugh you'll cry exactly you have to laugh oh you have boy. to laugh sure if I wasn't laughing I'd be crying but I always feel like pompous when we say comedy podcast because we're not comedians I talk for yourself I bleed and gas we're not professional comedians we don't we're make money professional from comedians no but you know what I mean like when you money. see <laughs> comedy podcast it's like stand-up comics and stuff but we're not oh there's really. a really funny podcast actually this is like not related to anything that the we're one? saying but it's called The Call okay and it's a comedy podcast is it like a great people talking or? no 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 it's it's a comedy podcast about like a 911 uh, call receiver like so this woman who's like obsessed with 911 calls okay but it's done in, like it's so good it's like if I didn't read that it was a comedy podcast, I'd be like, what is this? What's it called? The Call. The Call. I'll awesome. actually put a link up on our Twitter because it's actually... Graham sent it to me when I'll I was away. Instagram when well. I was away in Belfast. It's so funny because if you're Yay, into true podcast. crime, it's like a piss take on what we're into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's almost like, you know that um that documentary, The Staircase? Yes. It's kind of like... it's The the first one anyway is this fella that calls to say his brother's dead. But he's like... Uh, it's so funny because the, the are they real now on one calls? No. Oh, so it's scripted. Yeah, okay, cool, and cool, the cool. operator's like, stay on the phone. He's like, I'm just gonna go get some ice cream. 
he's like, I don't know what happened to him. And then he said, she's like, you have to stay in the, the call. And he's like, the phone's not cordless and I have to go to the toilet. And then he comes back and he's like, it was just the number one. Like, um, you know, it's really funny. Is it's, it American or English? And it, yeah, it's American. American. But the girl who, like, she's, it's it's good. I actually really enjoyed it. Oh, we sh- Men's Raya followed us on Instagram. Men's Raya. I got very excited. Thank you, Sinead. We love you. She's probably not going to listen to this. She is some class. Well, she's a class lady. She's a classy and, um, lady. Like, she I do, us. I'm not going to lie, I do the bare minimum to get my stories across yeah. the line. Um, this week I did nothing. That's a story I had in my back pocket. Because <laughs> I was whipped it out. up the north. You were doing shit. Brits out. No, I'm joking. I'm absolutely joking, not Brits out. That's a complete joke. Brits she, in. She lived, I love Brits. She lived in England. She lived in England. This one was born in England before she tries to... Stop telling people that. <laughs> she was. She was born in England. My younger sister was born in England. Yeah, also. and she's a bitch too. Jesus. <laughs> Becky. I love you. Ignore Becky, the two of us have a cross to bear in life. Um, no, I was born in England. I always threaten my parents that I'm going to um, go in and get my citizenship. <laughs> now that Brexit's happening, am I? You could. You I could. think it's for the best if I get your citizenship. Keep my options open. Keep your options open. You can yeah. go to many, many places if you I go to all the places they colonised and still have a hold of fucking shitty country. Yeah. Um, no, we love England. I know. I lo- listen. I love England. I do. Have no problem with but historically, <laughs> finish that sentence. Historically, they're problematic. <laughs> deeply, deeply, <laughs> and the people who voted for Brexit can get fucked. If you're British. And you listen to this podcast and you voted for Brexit. Stop listening. Stop listening. Go away. We don't Because we don't want you. No, we don't want you. Fuck um, like Because the damage people, you have who, done is people just... who voted for Brexit had a rant on this something uh, up the north now. Oh, week. she had a rant. Because the taxi man was like, Brexit's the best. And then he was like, I'm a foreign national from a country in Europe that wouldn't get to come anywhere. So what are you, for... what's his point? Yeah. Anyway, he was like... Brexit is the best because Europe's for rich people is what he was telling me. And I was like, whereabouts are you from? And then he told me and I was like, well, you wouldn't have gotten to come here if it wasn't for the European Union and for your country being a member of it. Yeah. And then I was like, the people who vote for Brexit live in the financial institutions of London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't see the impact no. or the great things that have happened in their country yep. because of the money from Europe. Of course. And also it's the other side as well. as with They were fucking lied to! Incredibly wealthy people and then people who are not incredibly wealthy who were lied to and told all these things yeah. will happen if you leave this country. And like maybe they don't have the education to understand that and they were absolutely manipulated and lied to. Oh yeah. And it's but like, also there's cunts who didn't care. Oh no, and there's just racist cunts yeah. who were like... Who were like, they're going to wake up in the morning and all the Muslims and are going to be Muslims on boats out yeah. of the country. Like yeah. that's genuinely... Anyway, yeah. fuck everybody. But this week's episode was fun, right? I enjoyed this. Are you in a better mood now? I'm in a much better mood. I was in a really bad mood before we did this. Not a bad mood, just like, uh. oh, you were, you were pissed. I, I have to say now, teenage I was, mood. I was having a problem. I was finding it difficult to <laughs> no, deal with. No, I really you missed you this me. week. I missed you too. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, and I'm then you're home this week, which is really nice. Uh, but then I gotta go again. You yeah, gone again? Yeah, it's okay though. I just need to make a lot of money so I don't have to do this shit. This shit? No, not this shit. Just oh, work, work. Oh, yeah, I get you. I need to be able to hook, car- get bees. <laughs> We're gonna get so many fucking I mean, bees. End of that. Thank uh, you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye Have bye. a good week. Bye bye. Be good. Bye bye. Wear your mask. Bye. Uh, go to Columns thing. Okay, bye. It's Mission Manana here. I got me white now. The thermal air. Drop a beat. Misogynist, misogynist. So we say fuck the patriarchy. Feminist, feminist. We think all the men.
Misogynist, misogynist, so misogynist, 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 misogyn